sneezing, wheezing, scratching, swelling, eyes filled with tears. If any or all of these symptoms are part of your daily life, you may be one of the millions of Americans who suffer from allergies. Allergies, allergies. Good morning. I'm George Boracki. And this is Cityscape on 90.7 FM and WFUV.org. This morning's show is all about allergies. What are they? How do we get them? What's it like to live with allergies or have a kid with them? What about dining out if you have food allergies? How sympathetic is the restaurant industry to your needs? A panel discussion on allergies on this week's Cityscape. Glad you're with us. Joining me in the studio this morning is Dr. Elizabeth Lowy. Dr. Lowy is an allergist affiliated with Mount Sinai's School of Medicine here in New York City. Dr. Lowy, thanks so much for being here. My pleasure. Also with us is a woman known in the online world simply as Allergic Girl. Sloan Miller has a blog by that name. Sloan is a native New Yorker and a freelance writer. Sloan, welcome. Thank you. And I want to welcome to Cityscape Amy Quaza. Amy is a chef instructor and senior advisor at the Institute of Culinary Education here in New York City. Amy will hopefully tell us that a life with allergies doesn't have to mean a life without tasty foods. Indeed, it doesn't. Well, (laughs) good. Amy, nice to have you here. Good morning. And finally, joining us by phone this morning from Cranberry Township, Pennsylvania, is Gina Klaus. Gina runs a website called AllergyMoms.com. She says her 7-year-old son is allergic to everything. Gina, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Dr. Lowy, let's start with you. First of all, what are allergies? Allergies are basically when your immune system, for some reason, the way your body fights infection, has decided that the environment is something that needs to be destroyed and sets out to do that um, by creating swelling, basically. The symptoms that you have depend on where the swelling is. Swelling in the skin causes hives and itchiness. Swelling in the nose causes a stuffy, runny, congested nose. And swelling in the lungs causes wheezing, breathing problems, and asthma. Let's go around the room here. Who has allergies? (laughs) Raise your hand. Everybody is raising their hands. Are you raising your hands there in Cranberry Township? Sure. Now, what kinds of allergies do we have here? Well, I have actually a food intolerance. I have celiac disease, which is gluten intolerance. So I am allergic or allergic is one of those words I think we tend to use. Um, it's easier than to say intolerant uh, of wheat, barley, and rye. Um, and so basically most baked goods are off limits. And I myself used to be a bread baker and had to stop baking um, because of of the celiac disease or the gluten intolerance. I was going to say, Amy, as someone who works in the food industry, I would imagine that can be difficult to be allergic to gluten. It certainly was in my case. um, And it is prevalent, certainly prevalent amongst um, pastry chefs. um, And it's certainly being diagnosed more and more. So people are becoming much more aware of this disease, really, um, this uh, food intolerance. Dr. Lowy, what is our allergist allergic to? I happen to have the common hay fever, fall-time pollen allergies. In fact, uh, having a little bit of the sniffles today. I didn't get my medication this morning. And I also have a very mild case of something called oral allergy syndrome, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later, which is basically due to similar allergic parts in pollen and fruits and vegetables. Hmm. So that's an adult onset or 
older child onset kind of food allergy. And allergic girl. I'm sure with a name like allergic girl, your list must be pretty long. I have the trifecta of allergies. I have food allergies, food intolerances, environmental allergies, and allergic asthma. (laughs) You're shaking your head. That's incredible to me. And I want to talk more about what life is like when you're allergic to so much and how much your life has had to change through the years and the things that you need to do differently. What about you there, Gina, in Cranberry Township, Pennsylvania? What are you allergic to? You know what? My husband and I have very mild environmental allergies, so it's kind of surprising that we have a son who has severe environmental allergies as well as over a dozen food allergies. But we're actually not very mild environmental allergies, not much of a bother. Doctor, let me ask you the Mm -hmm. question then. How do you get allergies? Are they hereditary? The allergic tendency is highly hereditary. So if both parents like like you are allergic to anything, you have between a 60 and 80% chance that your children will have some form of allergy. The type of allergy does not run true. So two people with mild hay fever can have a child with severe asthma. Two parents with severe asthma can have a child with mild food allergy and eczema. Gina, when did you learn that your son had these allergies? Well, sadly, on his second day of life, his skin, he was covered with giant welts, and his eye was, one of his eyes was almost swollen shut. They thought he had some kind of an eye infection, but because they saw these welts all over his body, they figured it had to be some other type of reaction. There was a nurse who had a lot of perfume. I mean, we really never figured out what he reacted to on that day, but it started immediately. When we brought him home from the hospital, he Uh, threw up constantly. And he was my second child. So I was used to baby spitting up a little bit, but this was a whole nother thing. Dr. Lowy, Mm -hmm. is that representative of what we see with kids? Food allergies can show up anytime from the early newborn to usually between six and 12 months. The second day of life is unusual. It usually shows up in between three to 12 months with the introduction of food. Um, Some children who are allergic to milk do react much before that because they're reacting to either the cow's milk formula or milk that they're getting through the breast milk. There was some talk not too long ago that women who breastfeed, it's good to breastfeed, that your child will be less likely to get allergies. Is there any truth to that? It is an unanswerable question. Breastfeeding is good, and it is the best nutrition for a newborn child, but there is absolutely no evidence that it prevents allergies, and there's no evidence that it causes allergy. The medical community is now really at having a problem figuring out what to tell people. Recommendations that have been in effect for the past couple of years about how to feed babies to try and prevent allergies have not shown to prevent allergies in any way, shape, or form. Sloan, what about you? Well, anecdotally, um, I found out I had a milk allergy, a cow's milk allergy, when my mother switched from breast to cow's milk. And I I don't know, I don't remember when that was. But um, my half-brother, who was fed on uh, formula from day one, has no allergies. And we Hmm. share half our genetic code. So right there, it's impossible to know, which is, I mean, I had breast milk for probably about a year. So I have these allergies. But my mother also had eczema, very bad eczema as a child, no allergies, and uh, some food allergies, but no asthma. My father and grandfather on that side, hay fever and some other environmental allergies, and I got everything. 
Now, did you have everything from a very early age, or did um, they develop? Uh, they developed over time. I mean, that first allergy was the cow's milk. I developed a rash, so then they put me on soy. Um, then when I was two, um, they discovered I was allergic to tree nuts. Why I was eating tree nuts when I was two is anyone's <laughs> guess, but I was, and and uh, had facial edema and was rushed to the hospital, and that was fun. And then uh, al- asthma showed up, allergic asthma to uh, dogs at that point, uh, showed up when I was about four. Let's talk about the most common types of allergens out there. Doctor, what are they? The most common allergens are actually, the, in terms of foods, are actually the most common foods that you eat. So eggs, milk, wheat, soy, peanuts, tree nuts, which are things like almonds, hazelnuts, walnuts, pistachios, uh, fish and shellfish. What I was going to say, I just wanted to make a comment that Sloan's story is actually very, very typical of the highly allergic person. And it follows something, I'm sure you've heard this term before, of the the atopic march. Mm -hmm. You start off as an infant with severe eczema and food allergies. For most, those food allergies and eczema get better over time and they outgrow the food allergies. And they go on then to environmental allergies with things like hay fever and asthma, which may or may not be lifelong. How about you, Amy? Were you always allergic to gluten? No, I didn't discover it until much later, and, and actually when I was working um, in the bakery. And, and the journey for this is, is it's kind of a long journey. Do you have an ulcer? Um, do you have irritable bowel syndrome? Um, I had my gallbladder removed because it was gravelly. Um, so it, it becomes a very, very long um, process. It was when I discovered that I was B12 deficient that we got closer and closer, and then we realized it was wheat and something that I was around every single day um, in its raw and its cooked state. And then finally it was diagnosed. We should talk about how allergies are diagnosed, doctor. In terms of regular kinds of allergies, which are called IgE-mediated allergies, and that just has to do with the kind of protein in the blood that you make against the allergen, the main way to diagnose them is using is looking for that protein and there's two ways to do it one is through a blood test called the ras test which is now being widely used and the other is something called allergy skin testing which isn't the barbaric thing that people used to think of with needles and and doing horrible things to people's arms and backs and covering them in welts it's taking little pieces of plastic and touching them against the skin and that also tests for that allergic protein should we all be tested for allergies i mean it's so interesting to me that someone may go out to eat at a seafood restaurant, have an allergic reaction, be in their 40s, and never had a reaction before. I mean, should we get tested so we know? Absolutely not. Absolutely (laughs) not. What happens when people are randomly tested for allergies is lots of people make these proteins in their blood just because, and it doesn't bother them, and they eat shrimp every day, and they eat peanuts every day, and they drink milk every day, and just because they make a little bit of this protein it means it's irrelevant. So if you or I were to go, I don't know if you're an allergic person. We didn't ask you if you have any allergies. I don't know. That's why I asked that question. I don't know whether I'm allergic. Every once in a while, you know, I'll get the sniffles and Mm -hmm. wonder maybe there's something in the air or an allergen that's affecting me, but I don't know. So testing for environmental allergies doesn't hurt anybody because, you know, if you find out that you're allergic to tree pollen, which is the main thing that's the problem in New York City in the early spring, what is that going to mean? That's going to mean that when you get that sniffle in the early spring, you'll take uh, an over-the-counter antihistamine instead of saying, oh, it's just a cold and it'll go away. But in terms of food allergies, that story that you just gave about somebody who goes into the restaurant with the seafood, if you were to go in and randomly get tested for food allergies, you may have a positive test to a couple of things, but it doesn't mean anything to you.
Sloan? Well, I had a question because a, a dear friend of mine who'd never experienced food allergies uh, had that experience in his Absolutely. 30s, goes into a seafood restaurant, all of a sudden has a very severe reaction mm-hmm. to seafood when he's been eating seafood his entire life, now has to avoid it. Right. And what is this? So adult, so adult onset allergies. Right. Can we talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. There's two different reasons why people have that. And seafood is a very big culprit. One reason because is you can get bad seafood. And seafood can sometimes have in it a chemical called histamine. And histamine is the end result of the allergic reaction. Histamine is the chemical your body makes that makes you swell up and have hives. So sometimes if you have bad seafood, it has a lot of that natural histamine in it. And tuna is the biggest one that does this. And it causes what looks like an allergic reaction. And you think that you're allergic, but you're not. It was just a bad piece of tuna. The second thing is what I was talking about earlier with the oral allergy syndrome. Mm One of these things nobody ever wants to hear is when you look back at um, evolutionary biology, dust mites and cockroaches, which are things that people have a lot of environmental allergies to, are similar to shellfish. So they have in them the allergen in shellfish and dust mites and cockroach are very, very similar. So some adults over time develop a severe allergy to cockroach and dust mite where they make a lot of that allergic protein I was talking about to those things. For some people, for an unknown reason, all of a sudden that allergic protein starts to recognize shellfish. And then there's another whole class of people who are allergic to ragweed and other weeds that have trouble with melons and people with tree pollen allergy who are allergic to apples. Right the melons. Yeah, yeah. The, I get the melon thing, yeah. I, and which is, I don't, I, my, what, what is a melon connected to? Ragweed. Uh, okay, thank you. This is Cityscape on 90.7 FM and WFUV.org. Good morning once again. I'm George Boldarki. On this morning's show, we're talking all about allergies with a panel of experts. With us in studio this morning is Dr. Elizabeth Lowy. Dr. Lowy is an allergist affiliated with Mount Sinai's School of Medicine here in New York City. Also with us is Allergic Girl. Sloan Miller has a blog by that name. She's also a native New Yorker and a freelance writer. And with us in studio is Amy Quaza. Amy is a chef instructor and senior advisor at the Institute of Culinary Education. On the phone with us this morning is a mom from Cranberry Township, Pennsylvania. Her name is Gina Klaus. Gina has a seven-year-old son who she says is allergic to everything. If you're like most New Yorkers, you eat out a lot. And I'm sure it can be very difficult if you have an allergy. Do you know you know what's on the menu? Do you know how this food is being prepared? Sloan, let me direct this question sure. at you because I know this is a big issue for you because you're allergic yeah. to so much. And I love to eat out. I love to eat, period. And I love to dine out in New York City. I'm from New York City. It's a great eating out city. And there are always new restaurants opening. I love reading Eater and the Wednesday Times. And I call ahead and I ask them, can you handle this? Is the chef comfortable handling my food allergies? If they say, yes, come in, no problem. Well, all right, I'll come in, but it's not no problem. And then I, it's a whole process. I speak, to, I speak to the reservationist. I speak to the manager. I speak to the server. I bring a card, an allergy card that says, these are my allergies. It's in black and white, which really kind of hits home. And at every step of the way, if I feel comfortable, if I feel that they really are hearing me, they're making good eye contact, they're not giving me the eye roll, then we proceed on to dinner. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I've had, um, I've had great success. There are many, many chefs, many, many cooks. It's not always high end. It could be mom and pop. I mean, there's a whole range of places you can go and have these conversations in a polite way. It doesn't have to be, I'm, I'm allergic. Don't serve me anything. Don't touch my food. You know, when you approach it with a positive outlook that they're going to serve you something good, 
they're excited about it too. And, and I, I, I've had many chefs actually say to me, we love a challenge. We would love to serve you. Let's direct some more questions then to Amy Quaza. It seems that the food industry is really reacting with people with allergies with such severe reactions out there that things are being done, that chefs are becoming more aware. Definitely. Um, we are in the service business and we want to make people happy. We're in the business to feed people. I think if you do call ahead and let people know, communicate. And hopefully that if they can't serve you and they won't be able to accommodate you, then that they tell you that. And I think that's um, really important. Certainly establishing relationships um, with certain restaurants. If you find that someone can and will accommodate you, go back. And, and, and I think, again, as you said, chefs like a challenge. And, <laughs> and you know, they come in and you're a regular customer. Um, they want you to be happy. They're happy that you come back to the restaurant. Well, they also like loyalty. I, I, I mean, the whole, the whole transaction is: I want to go and be fed. I want to give you money. I want to tip well. I want to have a nice evening, and that's what they want to give me. I mean, any really good chef, and not necessarily chef, any good cook, any good restaurateur. That's that's really what it is. I mean, I was talking with um, Chef Michael Lamonaco, and he said when I was asking him about food allergies because his staff they were really on top of it, and he said it is a public safety issue. Mm-hmm. Has this trickled down into the courses that are taught for the professional program? It's it's covered throughout that. Certainly, understanding ingredients, what ingredients, what goes into an ingredient. I think for those of us that have allergies and or intolerances, things like soy sauce, you know. Someone says, oh, I didn't know you were allergic to soy, too. I said, I'm not allergic to soy. I'm allergic to the wheat that is in the soy sauce. So you really, you yourself as a consumer and someone living with an allergy needs to understand food. Um, And it probably behooves you to go and take a class. If you don't know how to cook, um, learning how to cook is something. And learning about food and ingredients and what goes into your food is critical. Um, Knowing that a soup or a sauce or or something may be thickened with an allergen, certainly, um, you know, cornstarches are used, peanut, that, that whole story. I think everyone had heard the story of the college student who ate the chili that had peanut and died. Um, I think that's why we're very, very aware of peanuts. You know, it's, it's when no one wants someone to come into their home and to their restaurant and die from a, mo- a meal. Well, and peanut oil is everywhere. And I have people right. writing to me and saying, can you please recommend a peanut-free restaurant? And I say, I cannot. Right. There is no restaurant that I know of that would say there's no peanut oil, there's no peanut product, or the, the products that we source from don't have some cross-contamination. Here's a niche that someone can clearly take advantage <laughs> of. <laughs> Dr. Lowy? The issue with peanut oil, I think people need to be very, very clear on. Peanut oil, the majority of peanut oil, does not have any peanut protein in it. And it's the protein that we're allergic to. Exactly. Most peanut oils are 100% safe. You know, I've had moms Mm -hmm. call me and say, I've been giving my kid chicken nuggets that were deep fried in peanut oil before I realized they were allergic to peanuts. Oh, my gosh, what's happening? Are they really allergic? And I say, yes, they're really allergic. But that deep fried, that peanut oil that's heated to a high temperature and highly refined has no peanut allergen in it. Gina, I'm curious, uh, from your perspective, how often do you eat out with a seven-year-old who's allergic to everything? We actually never eat out here locally. My son has so many allergies and it's scary, um, you know, he, he has a lot of oral allergy syndrome. He, he's allergic to milk, wheat, egg, peanuts, tree nuts, and a bunch of fruits and vegetables. How do you deal with that with a 7-year-old who clearly, I'm sure, wants to eat what, what his friends are eating? 
Well, I luckily, I mean, I have, you know, I work at home and I am a lot of make a lot, I make a lot of things myself, mock things that look and, you know, seem sort of like similar options. You know, we have mock Oreo cookies and I make, you know, his safe pizza with a wheat free crust with soy cheese, you know, so we make substitutes. You know, I've gone as far as purchasing pizza boxes just to have to have pizza out of a box. People who are not in the food allergy world have no idea of the tremendous impact of, of food allergies. Trying as it can be, there's worse out there. So we just we sort of try to accept what we have. And, you know, he knows it's tough, and he some of his numbers look good for outgrowing some of the bigger, you know, the milkweed and egg. Dr. Lowy, what allergies are we more likely to outgrow? So the majority of kids do outgrow their allergies to eggs, milk, wheat, and soy. For peanuts and tree nuts, about 20% outgrow that allergy. Fish and shellfish, the numbers quite aren't quite as clear, but it's thought to be about the same. I want to talk more, Gina, to you because schools these days uh, and allergies are a big issue. We have many schools that have banned cupcake birthday parties because principals are concerned about bringing food from the outside. Does that happen where you are? Well, there's always a fuss in the news about uh, foods in the schools. Um, my personal thought is that the classroom should be free of all the children's allergens, no matter what they are, because you can absolutely have safe treats for parties, regardless of what the children are allergic to. You can find things that will be safe for everyone. And after all, the classroom is for learning. Now, as far as the cafeteria, my personal belief is that kids should be able to eat what they want and that we can and should find a way for all children to be safe in the cafeteria it's hard because you are absolutely so frightened when you've seen your child uh, have a severe reaction. And if you've never had to inject the child with an EpiPen who's struggling to breathe, you're very, very lucky. My thoughts so far is that we can make it so that kids can eat what they want for lunch and we can still keep them all safe. Sloan, let me direct this question at you as, a, as someone who grew up with allergies. I was just talking to an elementary school teacher last week who was saying in her school they have the peanut-free table and the dairy-free table. I mean, are we isolating kids by doing that? Are we stigmatizing them? Yeah. (laughs) The shorter answer is yeah. I mean, I grew up here in the city. I went to a private school. And I think because my allergies were so specific, I didn't have... Um, a wheat allergy. So I could bring in Sara Lee cupcakes on my birthday and everyone could enjoy. That's what we all did. Um, And I had a milk allergy, but I just didn't drink the milk. And I didn't have a peanut allergy and I still don't. I had a tree nut allergy. So it's not like the chicken a la king was sprinkled with cashews. I was okay. And my my um, the school lunch and the school kitchen, I mean, it was run by two ladies named Maria. I knew them. They knew me. I could go into the kitchen at any time. I could get more. I could look at the label if I wanted to. It was, um, it was, a, it was much easier. And there were only two of us in my grade that I remember that had um, allergies and asthma, and I was the only one that had food allergies. So now you would think because there are so many more people that are diagnosed and know about it that there would be more understanding, but there seems to be less. So I don't have a child. I don't know how I would feel, but I, I remember being the child, and it was ostracizing enough to have to go have my inhaler at the nurse's office. You know, Gina. It sounds to me that you wouldn't like if your child was sitting at a dairy-free table or a no, other kind of table. No, and I think a, a terrific compromise is. You know, I, I do think that we need to have awareness of, particularly of peanuts, since it, it is, you know, a, a very potent and dangerous allergen. So what what can work is you have children with, you know, peanut and nut allergies sit at certain 
certain areas, maybe half of the tables, and any of their friends can join them as long as they don't have peanut or tree nut in their lunch. And then you have kids that just have chosen to bring peanut or tree nut in their lunch, and they sit in a different area, and any of their friends can sit with them except for their allergic friends. Now, that limits the children who have food allergies that they don't have a lot of choice. They have to sit in one area with any of their friends that don't have peanut in their lunch, but it doesn't ostracize them to one tiny table, and that's the peanut-free table, and they have to sit there by themselves. Doctor, let me ask you this. If a child should eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at lunch and their neighbor, their classmate right next door, the desk next to them in school has peanut allergies and this person breathes on them, Mm -hmm. can that cause a reaction? No, it cannot. The only way that you can have a reaction to peanut butter, uh, meaning a severe reaction to peanut butter is by eating it or getting it in your eyes. It has to get into your body. They did a study at Mount Sinai a couple of years ago where they took a little pit of peanut butter and masked the smell of it with something else and put it underneath the kids' noses. And these were kids that had highly, they were highly, highly allergic to peanuts, levels off the charts, had histories of severe reactions. Not a single one reacted to this inhaling the peanut butter. I completely agree that it's really ingestion that we're worried about, but contact still. I don't want my son to rub that in his eyes, and I don't want him to get it on his hands and perhaps put them in his mouth. Absolutely, and there are children who have reacted when one child has eaten peanut butter and gone to open a door or use a water fountain, and another child does the same thing, which is why sitting next to the child eating the peanut butter sandwich doesn't bother me. Not washing your hands before you get up from the table, that bothers me. What about treatment? If your child, Gina, has a reaction in school, is treatment readily available? Our school does a fantastic job. I mean, they are, they're very on top of everything. We have um, epinephrine auto-injectors in several different locations. Um, if he's outside for gym or fire drill, I mean, there's specific, very detailed procedures for where who has the... He's not old enough to self-carry. Uh, or mature enough, um, but it is with him at all times, and we are so fortunate. We not only have a nurse, we have a backup nurse if she's somewhere else. Is that something, I'm curious, Amy, that the restaurant industry talks about to make sure that there is something available should someone have an allergic reaction? You have to take ownership when you have um, some kind of allergy and be prepared, and whether it's by communication, not forgetting you know, your EpiPen, your inhaler, and certainly, um, and understanding that when you go into a certain type of restaurant, there could be allergens there. So making wise choices. And again, going back to really communicating, um, hopefully her son doesn't develop a fear of food. Hopefully, I hope you cook with him and, and that he discovers all the wonderful things that he can eat. Cooking definitely helps and learning about food. I, I became a vegetarian at 16. And just to speak a little bit about being that child, food is restrictive. It's scary. Mm -hmm. And because allergies can kind of pop up at any time and they can pop up in combination. So you're eating something that normally, you know, aside from the oral allergies, there's just like a bunch of things. So I I definitely had a childhood of, "Mm, I really shouldn't eat that. Or if I do, I get something called funky mouth and I feel like my whole mouth is ripped up or I'll get hives. But as an adult, I've been able to now kind of come back and reintroduce uh, new foods or, or discover new foods and, and because I love food so I, I, I want to keep that open to myself. But by it's understanding tricky. how to cook or how, how foods are combined uh, that makes you a better consumer, don't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. and when I go into a restaurant I'm a very mm-hmm. educated consumer about that cuisine. I think a lot of people don't have that step or don't take that step and I think with um, adult onset celiac disease or food intolerances there's this whole re-education process right. 
that needs to happen. And sometimes people get freaked out. They don't leave their house and, and go out to eat. And, and they can. They should. And the more they do and the more they communicate with restaurants, the better restaurants are going to get in serving us. Dr. Lowy, let me ask you this. How clean is too clean? Because many of us these days have become germaphobes. We're constantly washing our hands. We're using these hand sanitizers. We're keeping our homes meticulously clean. But is that contributing to the allergy problem because we're not allowing our bodies to fight off certain things? There's a couple of reasons why this obsession with cleanliness is is a bit of a problem in terms of medicine. In terms of allergies, there is actually something called the hygiene hypothesis. When we're born, we're born with an immune system that's allergic. Getting infections, being exposed to dirt, being exposed to something called endotoxin, which is a part of the bacteria in the dirt, switches your immune system to an immune system that fights infection. If you never get those exposures, your immune system never switches. So that is one of the thoughts as to why there's so much more allergy now. The other thing that shows maybe this is the case is the role of pets in preventing or causing allergies. It used to be thought as soon as you get pregnant, you get rid of your pet. Otherwise, the kids are going to wind up being allergic to dogs and cats. What's recently been shown in a couple of small studies, and it's not guaranteed, but it looks like it's the case, is that having pets in the home, especially multiple pets, helps prevent allergy. And not just allergy to the pet, allergies. You definitely shouldn't get rid of your dog just because you're pregnant. It is definitely interesting because when I was a kid, I do not remember anyone in my entire class Mm -hmm. being allergic to anything, not Mm -hmm. peanut allergies, nothing. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. The other thing about all the sanitizing stuff is it is, you know, we've all heard about these multidrug resistant bacteria that are causing, you know, flesh eating bacteria and all this sort of stuff. And when you kill off all of the normal bacteria in your system, it does allow those things to grow. I want to thank our panel today. Thank you to Dr. Elizabeth Lowy. Dr. Lowy is an allergist affiliated with Mount Sinai School of Medicine here in New York City. Dr. Lowy, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. Also want to thank Allergic Girl, Sloan Miller, who has a blog by that name. Thanks so much for coming in. And I want to thank Amy Quaza. Amy is a chef instructor and senior advisor at the Institute of Culinary Education here in New York City. Amy, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. And also want to thank Gina Klaus. Gina is a parent from Cranberry Township, Pennsylvania. She has a website called allergymoms.com. Gina, thanks so much. Thank you. And this has been Cityscape on 90.7 FM and WFUV.org. Remember, you can get past editions of Cityscape and learn how to podcast the show at WFUV.org. My thanks to producer Rashida Winfield. I'm George Boraki. Have a great weekend.